Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. It's starting to look like Vegas is back. In fact, it looks like the entire country is getting back to what we think of as normal, which means opportunities for success. Today, you'll meet Adrian Somerville, who believes that everyone deserves to work in their story. For companies, it means people bring more to your talent pool than just the minimum requirements of a job. Adrian will explain in just a few moments. Also here today is the Wizard of Odds, Michael Shackelford, who says if you're thinking of gambling as a profession, you probably shouldn't quit your day job. Finally, we'll give you a preview of our Sports Rock and Tours show, which discusses two of the greatest baseball players of all time, Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams. It's time to get back to work. Las Vegas, just like the rest of the country, is now turning the corner, starting to work. And there's a lot of people that are out of work. And more importantly, there are a lot of organizations that are going to hire back and want to do this next time even better. And we got the perfect person on for us. Her name is Adrienne Somerville, and she's a consultant in the world of talent management. And boy, I read her stuff, and you can go on her website, and we'll tell you where to go with all of that at the end of our conversation. But Adrienne, it seems to me that talent management is such an interesting topic. People seem to be kind of shocked when they hear that title. And yet, it's really important because we got to be able to not only hire good people and so forth, but know how to get the best of their abilities. Absolutely, Steve. You know, I think what's really interesting about talent management is for years, many people would misconstrue talent management with HR. Right. So they would just think naturally human resources, right? And so that's that hiring piece. But the richness of talent management, is it is actually the driver. It's the demand signal for HR practices and decisions. Because until you know what to hire, what gap you're closing, what your talent portfolio looks like today, it's a little difficult to get those HR practices and principles right. Some of the best managers I ever worked for were people that knew how to get the best out of everybody. They knew, you know, you didn't have everybody do all doing the same things. You had them do what, what they do best. And you can even see that. I think of it from a sports perspective, a guy like Bill Belichick doesn't necessarily have the best players, but everybody out there, they're doing what they're best at. And that when you put that all together, that's how you get these winning teams. And you know, the coolest thing about putting these teams together is, is not only understanding everybody has a gift, right? So when I bring you on board, I want to a, a, a true leader takes whatever that talent is, help you discover it if you don't know what it is. If you do know what it is, we help grow it and manifest it. So it is the benefit of the organization to leverage it. That, to me, is like true leadership. And what what are people most passionate about is the other key to talent management. I know what you can do. I know you have a portfolio of skills that are germane to what you do in my organization. But but what do you love doing, right? How do I unleash the passion that you have? 
for whatever it is of interest to you for the goodness of the organization, because that's how we all grow. We grow as an individual, and then we also grow as an organization. And is this where training comes in, where before you even start the training, you want to know what you have and what the potential is? And, and the good thing about HR is HR closes what I would say is a staffing gap, right? Someone's missing. Someone's retiring. We have some new technology. We need to go ahead and hire. But talent management goes a little bit deeper. It's that skill gap analysis closure. So when I don't, the only way to know what I really need to hire is to know what I have on board, what, what skills do I have on board specifically, and more importantly, what skills do I need to have on board, and what are those gaps? And when you think of a gap, think of something like training. That's a risk mitigation strategy, right? Because if I can train you to close that gap, that's a win. Um, I can even redeploy you as an asset to the organization and have you work on something a little bit different. So training is key. But training, the key to training is that, Steve, it has to be targeted, right? Not just training for training, like, oh, we offered that last year. We're going to offer it next year and a year mm-hmm. before. You know, we got to think about, is it really relevant? Like, are those skills obsolete? Like, what value add to that training that we selected? Should we be looking at some newer training? And, and let's think about, like, the, um, think about General Motors and the automotive. They're getting more into battery cars, right? Right. That's a skill set. So now I don't want to offer training that's obsolete. Maybe I need to find some courses and develop my employees to have that technology and experience in operating and developing cars that will be more battery focused. Well, you know, you mentioned General Motors, and you have a great track record with large organizations, be it on the government side or on private organizations and businesses. And I... Just to give people an idea of your background, it's fascinating because you've got a lot of education and it's from a wide variety of uh, geographical and size and so forth. Norfolk State, the Florida Institute of Technology, Georgetown, Harvard. Do you find that kind of help by getting into different areas, getting different communities, kind of just different cultures, the way they work? You know, I started off embracing unknowingly talent management myself. I find the most fascinating people are the people that reinvent themselves, right? They learn something, they have to adapt. In each and every role and at each and every academic institution, you almost have to, like, adapt a whole different personality to get that richness out of it. So going to Norfolk State, you know, you're younger. And I focused on political science and law and, like, public administration. Then when I went to... Florida Institute of Technology, I wanted to broaden and, and have that more of a business background. So I focused on business management. And what was so cool, I went back to the Washingtonian effect of politics, administration, legislation. Uh, how do we shape and influence our country at that level? And then going to Harvard, it was all about how do we take women throughout the globe? Because this course, was, it was extremely fascinating to go there because you had women from all over and we focused on women mainly in talent and how do we grow that talent and women in power and it was just it's just a humbling experience to be exposed to prime ministers and those that were on staff as we went through the harvard curriculum it's definitely exciting well and i see kind of your background is what we should be kind of aiming at in the 21st century you know in the old days you worked in one field and you did it your entire life you got a gold watch and that was a nice career now it's a little different and it strikes me as as you go from place to place and you're getting you know politics one way then all of a sudden you're adding technology the two kind of lead you into a place maybe that you never thought of, but it seems like all these skills all intersect. That's a great point you made, too, because when I think about this future generation and I look at myself, it's like they're not going to stay 30 years and get the watch, right? Generation X, the millennials, if you get three years, 
they're looking for something else. They're coming into organizations expecting some sort of career roadmap to be laid out before. How do I get to be the next seed, right? They are looking for that roadmap of skills and courses and opportunities, developmental assignments, plum projects that strategically positions them to grow within the organization, to move about within the organization, to continue to reinvent themselves in different areas. And that's what I think we want to focus on. And just think about today's environment. And we talk a little bit about, you know, as sad as it is, this COVID-19 situation, but so many companies have closed. They're right. not going to reopen. And, and for us at TTSC, we want to be at the forefront, right, at the sphere of influence of helping to identify the rich talent that unfortunately is not working today in America. But if we're going to build our economy back up, we need to understand what that talent is, what are the products and services that America is going to need to deploy and have accessible not only today but tomorrow, and how do we bring that talent in, shape that talent, train that talent, and develop it um, so that we can get back America totally back up and running again. It's going to be a reliance upon the people that we don't even know what their talents are. More with one of America's leaders in the talent management field, Adrian Somerville, in just a moment. Just a reminder, please visit Vegas Never Sleeps online. For the very best in Vegas, it's VegasNeverSleeps.com. And for great sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. And later today on Sports Rockin' Tours... We examine the life and times of two of baseball's very best, Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams. In fact, later in this show, we'll present a sneak preview of that discussion. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Okay, Sean, we need to talk about our training budget. We're spending almost $1,500 per employee each year. What's the plan? Well, ma'am, 42% of companies are saying that e-learning has led to an increase in revenue. What does that do about the travel expense? E-learning allows employees to learn wherever they are. Then we need to consider the time away from production. I heard that e-learning takes up to 60% less employee time than traditional classroom training. Perfect. Let's find a curriculum company, a development company, a learning management software company. Actually, Epsilon XR specializes in end-to-end learning solutions with tools such as instructor-led training, online classrooms, simulations, virtual and augmented reality, and curriculum development. Get Epsilon XR on the phone. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com. Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products, professional line not included. We are all in this together, and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com 
and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Adrian Somerville, who provides talent management solutions to 21st century organizations. Let's talk about one thing that you always talk about. I mean, as you go through your website. Oh, by the way, why don't we, we give the website to people? Where's the best place to find you? The best place to find me is pts-c.com. That's one of my websites. And then I also have Somerville, www.somervilleconsultinggroup.com. Okay, we will check both of those, but you talk a lot about mentoring, and a lot of people hear that. It's, it's a word that's used often around business circles, but you take it seriously. I was reading some of your stuff, and you really see the value in this, and, and just as I'm listening to all this, you know, and, and as great as your educational background is, there's nothing like a one-on-one relationship with somebody that can actually, has been there and give you some advice based on actual experience. Mentoring is the gift that keeps on giving, Steve. I'm so convinced of it. Not only do I lead with that in mind, but it definitely, to me, it, I'm a benefactor of it. I would not be where I am today, and I can say wholeheartedly without the best mentors I've ever encountered. And this is why mentoring is so important. I talk a lot about performance capital versus relationship capital. At some point, everyone is going to be good with the performance. I come to work every day, but Keep in mind, performance capital has a diminishing effect. If Steve's outstanding after a while, it's no, it's, it's, that's, that's not even an issue, right? Everybody knows Steve's outstanding. So you're able to move about in your career. We give you plum projects, you get it done. I can always count on Steve. He's reliable. He's great. But then you'll get to a point in your career where, you know, I want something else. I want something more. I am, I've proven that I'm good at what I do. If you don't have those relationships, mentor, those mentoring relationships, that capital, that relationship capital, it's going to be very difficult to ascend. Because we all know coming to work, doing your 9 to 5 or working a 10-hour day even, it's not going to necessarily allow you to ascend in your career. But mentors have helped me avoid particular situations, uh, not making the right decisions. They can see more than I can see where I sit into the organization Um, They can even turn into my advocates and biggest supporters, removing obstacles out of the way as I'm trying to navigate through my career. So I think that gift of mentoring, I think we owe it to ourselves not only to be a mentor um, and and embrace what's key to mentoring, too, and I don't want to miss this point, is the diversity of mentorship. Many of my mentors did not look like me. And, and, and that's just a fact, right? So capitalizing on the richness of diversity associated with mentorship is key because you get a different technical area. You get a different perspective. You get someone who doesn't look like you. You get different experiences that they bring into the equation. Someone that served on a different side. Maybe they're military and you're a civilian working for the government. Um, I think that is phenomenally rich in helping you figure out what do you do and where do you want to go in, in your career. No, I love mentoring, and that's, I could talk all day, Steve, <laughs> about mentoring. It is just so, like, I, I, I would walk into a conference, and I'd ask by a show of hands, like, how many people have a mentor? And I'm always disheartened when it's like, how are you, how are you making it? You know, you can't navigate through these organizations on your own. I love this concept about relationship uh, capital, because when you think about it, who are all the leaders of the great organizations and so forth are people that know how to have these relationships. And one way is to get to know people and, to, as you say, 
different we all come from different places be it geographical cultural what have you and ultimately unless you're in a really really specific industry and i think there's less and less of that nowadays anyway you, you kind of have to understand the really large and very diverse group that is your your audience absolutely absolutely and if you're going to move about in your career you have to no one will get there on their own and those that believe they did they pulled themselves up it's very difficult because organizations are complex, they're agile, they're dynamic. People are always moving about in an organization. And, and this is a key to mentoring because I always get the, well, how do I select a mentor? And there are a couple of ways. Some organizations have these like eHarmonyMatch.com kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. You put your profile in, I'll put mine in, bing, 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 98%. Adrian and Steve are a match. That's one option. But I always tell people, just watch in an organization. Take a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, see who the mover shakers are, and look for those that emulate the characteristics that you value. You want honesty. Oh, wow, high credibility. Definitely well-respected, right? Someone that's accessible. Someone that has like that same thing, the things that you value most. And then do a quick little interview. Do some homework about that individual, of course. Get a few minutes on their calendar. I always tell people it's a humbling and, and, and definitely an honor for someone to, to want to seek me out to impart words that will shape and influence their career trajectory. So not to be so nervous about this whole mentoring thing. Like, I don't know how to approach someone. It's so easy to do because we're often so flattered that you chose me. And, and it's, it's a reciprocated relationship because you find as a mentor, I get as much out of my mentees and protégés as I pour into them. You know, it's one of those things, too, where, as you say, when people come and ask me, they couldn't say anything nicer because they're saying, wow, we really like what you do. We want to learn more of that. And quite frankly, if they don't want to have anything to do with you, it wasn't going to be a good mentor anyway. Move on to the next one. Don't take it as an insult. Just Absolutely. it's not a match. You know, you Absolutely. mentioned eHarmony, too. And I thought I want to ask Adrian, you know, with eHarmony, I always think. Part of the value of that is they don't pick an exact match. They pick people that kind of, kind of the yin and the yang kind of thing. So maybe you don't want to look for somebody who's exactly like you, but you want to look for people that have some of maybe a different skill set and see what you can pick up on that and how yours works best with somebody like them. My, one of my mentors kind of tapped me on the shoulder one day. I, I never would have selected him. Um, he was a high-ranking military officer, and he just saw some potential in me, but he he, just, he decided, I'm going to advise her. I'm going to give her some good advice. And he said, you kind of need, you're good in this one area of contracting, but you need to have breadth and depth in something else. And I said, really? He was like, yeah, you know, I think you need to get more. And he actually exposed me to talent management. He said, he who knows the business knows the business, right? They know all there's to know about people. And then he said, you've got some people that he who knows the business knows the numbers. They go down that financial path. Which one of these paths are of interest to you? And he would continue to say, so how's it going? Are you thinking about moving? Are you thinking about doing something different? And he would challenge me to demonstrate, yeah, so I'm considering it. Have you done any reading? And the next thing you know, he introduced me to my new love, which was talent management. Um, and I, but I would never have thought of myself in that kind of a role had someone not said to me, hey, I think you would be good in this area and you might want to pursue it. You know, by now you've probably been listening to Adrian and saying, God, I wish I'd have been taking notes here. This is such great stuff. And it is. You can always listen to a replay of the show on our web on our webpage. It'll be there uh, in our archives forever. But fortunately, there's also a way you can find out and have it in your bookshelf. 
Adrian's got a new book out. We're so excited about it. It's called Wingspan. Now, first of all, you got to be excited because that's kind of what drove you to write this, right? Was the idea that people, you know, people are taking notes. Well, why not have something for them that they can use to follow this process all the way through? And the cool thing about Wingspan is you're going to have this little in- kind of inkling that, gosh, there's so many books about talent management. But Wingspan is very succinct. The whole purpose of it was to ensure that you could have this grab and go, you know, I'm, I'm getting on a plane, you know, I'm, I'm just reading a little bit here and there. I don't have a lot of time to dive into really thick books, but this is a quick 100 page, very succinctly written, going through the four principles of talent management and where do you see uh, yourself on the trajectory. What I also love about Wingspan is I take you through an assessment process and any progress is good progress, right? So I take you through a series of questions just so you can see where you are and figure out, you know, what do I need to do next? And then we move through the process together. It's a very conversational because this is often a topic when I'm publicly speaking. So it's written in a very easy conversational manner. Um, and it answers that direct calling just as you, you indicated, Steve, of, hey, can you tell me a little bit more and where can I get more information? More with Adrian Somerville in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are chatting with Adrian Somerville, who works to ensure employees work in their story so they remain fully engaged, best aligning their talent contributions to the company's mission. We all want to win in our career, in our family lives, in our personal lives, and it starts with understanding what is, what is my role, what is my purpose, what am I supposed to be delivering? And if you find that you're working for an organization and you're not sure where your contributions are contributing to the greater cause, like your efforts on a daily basis lends itself to an end-item product that is highly regarded at this organization, I would reach out to my leadership to get that clarity because that's extremely important to understand at that at any level in an organization what my role is and what my contributions are. Well, what Wingspan helps you do, too, is you always hear this term, bring value, and we all understand it. You know, obviously, the people that can bring value are the most valuable uh, employees. But what you show them is, First of all, let's find out what that is, and then how can you keep improving it and so forth, because ultimately that makes you desirable not only with that organization, but if you ever want to move on, everybody's going to want you. You know what's so funny, though? When you first start a position, everybody thinks, well, they hired me. I'm supposed to know everything, right? And we recognize you don't know everything on day one. There's still some learning. (laughs) There's still some mentoring needed. You're still trying to figure out the organization, your expectation, even when you're hired at the most senior levels. So I think it's really good for people to think about the fact that, you know, I don't know everything, but I have potential, right? And I'm going to perform. So I'm going to be very transparent about where my vulnerabilities are. And those developmental assignments come into play to help you close those skill gaps. Well, that's certainly exciting. I know everybody wants to read this, and it's a great book, Wingspan. How do we get it, Adrian? What's the easiest way? So the easiest way is you can go to my SomervilleConsultingGroup.com website, www.SomervilleConsultingGroup.com, and order it there. It's also available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And um, certainly any, any way you can reach out to me, I'm on LinkedIn, um, I'm happy to autograph copies. That's always an honor. 
but that's the, those are the best ways to get the book. Boy, you make it easy for people. And then finally, if people want to hire you, because they can, and you're in your company, again, the same website? Same website. Um, you know, I'm blessed to be CEO of two companies, um, so Somerville Consulting Group and then also Talent and Technical Solutions, and that is www.tts-c.com. And all focused on talent, all focused on, you know, developing the right IT solutions for organizations that are seeking ways to develop their talent management tools and processes. And so I'm just delighted to be a part of the team. The goal is to ensure that we are able to transform organizations one person at a time. And that's really what talent management is all about. Well, and one last thing I would recommend to people, too, is you can go to YouTube, look up Adrienne Somerville. Some great, she's a great speaker, as you could tell now after this last conversation. Uh, you'll get a lot out of it, and uh, you want to get a hold of Wingspan. Hey, Adrian, thank you very much. We've got to have you on again. Absolutely, Steve. I would love to do it. Love to do it. This is, my, this is what, what warms my soul. So I'm really honored that you chose me to be on your show. Really well, appreciate it. And we're really happy to have you on. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you. The business of Vegas was built on gaming, but can you make a business as a player? Who better to ask but our own Michael Shackelford, also known as the Wizard of Odds. Well, he's back with us again. You love him. Michael Shackelford, the Wizard of Odds, and our very own actuary that kind of knows what's going to happen here. Michael, I've been wanting to talk with you for a while now. People send in stuff to me all the time, and they want to know, can you really make a living not doing what you do, you know, analyzing odds and so forth, but actually be a professional gambler? Uh, I don't think I'd recommend it for most people, but are there people that can actually make money and a living at doing that? Oh, yeah, there's um, quite a few professional gamblers out there. It's not easy. It's not for everybody. Many people try and fail. Um, but And you don't need to be a mathematical genius to be a professional gambler. In fact, if you are, you're probably not going to be one because there's probably ways to make more money. But there's plenty of, right. yeah, there's always going to be professional gamblers out there. The casinos are always going to put out games that have flaws or deal them badly and uh, have bad promotions and there will be players that see that and take advantage. Well, what are the games that you see, then? I would assume poker right off the bat, just because that's kind of a game of skill. And then a blackjack, because at least the odds are close. Am I right, or is there other things that you can really make a living at? I think poker is, is getting tougher and tougher as an advantage play. I think that the, the poker rooms are infested with sharks these days. And, yeah, poker is tough. I, I don't... Um, venture into poker very much. I think card counting is also really tough because the casinos can identify counters a lot better. I think that advantage players in blackjack now are doing other things uh, besides counting. And this is an era where there is no one big advantage play like poker, blackjack, or video poker. It's kind of a mixture of stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of uh, it's really interesting because I think a lot of people think first of all blackjack they've seen the movies with teams and so forth. And I remember reading Million Dollar Blackjack oh god decades ago. And the one thing that came across that is, and you could appreciate this for what you do for a living, uh, that's hard work. I mean, you know, to sit there, there's a lot going on with that. It's not for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. That was Ken Houston's book, right? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, well, he got into it at a early, and it, with any advantage play, it's good to get into it early. 
before everybody knows about it. So um, he, it's well known that he did really well with that. One of the things we didn't talk about was sports betting, and that's actually now legal across the country. And it appears that I think a lot of people think they can beat the odds. But isn't it true that these guys, these odds makers, have said them? It's still in favor of uh, the house. So sports beating sports betting straight up as in out handicapping the crowd is really difficult. I don't recommend that for anybody. However, sports betting can be beat by looking at the more exotic bets like teasers, parlay cards, um, things like that, or proposition bets. You have to, or sports where the casinos take smaller bets and the people with the really big money are ignoring, like, say, women's college basketball. Mm. And there is a great book that um, just came out called 2020 Sports Betting by Logan Field. And he has the same philosophy as I do of looking at the exotic bets and looking at things that the big money doesn't pay attention to and exploiting that. So I have done well with sports betting. I have exactly the same philosophy is bet the exotic stuff and analyze it to death, look for good lines, and then bet it when you find those good lines. Well, kind of give us an example because that's intriguing. So give us an example of some place where maybe you wouldn't even have looked at it, but you did that research and it made sense to you. Okay, here was one thing I did real well at for a while is, okay, so a lot of casinos had what were called half-point parlay cards where you pick pick your teams and they always gave you an extra half point. So you would look for a game where the point spread was, say, exactly three. And if you could get the underdog plus three and a half or the favorite minus two and a half, then you put that on your card because that, that, because so many games in the NFL have a three point margin of victory at the end of the game. So getting that half point off three is crucial. So if you can find a number of games where you can get that half point off of three and maybe off of seven, then that's, then with a good pay table like they used to have, the odds are going to be in your favor. And, and they used to have good pay tables, but the casinos caught on to it, and um, they're not so good anymore. And another good example is, um, is proposition bets on the Super Bowl. I mean, you know that the casinos have like 10 sheets of paper full of exotic bets. And the public loves to bet the overs on these things. Mm-hmm. And it creates value betting on unders, like under – two-and-a-half touchdown passes by Tom Brady, under um, three-and-a-half field goals. Will there, and anything where it's a yes or a no, bet the no. Thanks, Michael. Find out why beginners and experts alike listen to Michael. Visit him at his website, wizardofodds.com. And don't forget to follow Sports Rock and Tours, which now follows this show on most of these stations. You can also visit Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com.
E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. Coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. If your local station doesn't carry it, go to Sports RACX wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports RACX. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. And in case you were wondering what you're missing, we decided to give you a quick taste of what's coming up on today's show. Two of the very best baseball players of all time were Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio. And on today's show, top sports writers Costia Kennedy and Dan Shaughnessy examine the similarities and differences of these two superstars. So the ultimate question is, which one was better? Dan, why don't we start with you? I, you know... (laughs) I understand that Ted's the better all-around player. Uh, I would I would take Ted Williams. I'm sorry. The Joe is the better all-around player because of the defense. It's hard to extract the winning from you know what he did all the World Series he got to appear in. Uh, I would start it. I would I would take Ted Williams first in my draft, just because I, I feel that for outfielders the defense is overrated. It's not like shortstop or catching or pitching. Um, it's great to have, but uh, uh, to dominate hitting the way that that Williams did. Uh, the combination of power and average is just, you know, go look at OPP or OPS or whatever you want to call it. It's 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 embarrassing how much better he is than everybody. So, yeah, that would do it for me. But, I mean, Ted's the better all-around. I mean, Joe is the better all-around player. Ted's the better hitter. Totally agree with that. Uh, uh, Joe, obviously more well-rounded, primarily the fielder, also in base running um, and the winning. At, but nobody hit like, I mean, whatever. If we want to talk about Cobb or Ruth, then we – begin to have a conversation, but essentially nobody hit like Ted Williams, uh, and so it's not hard. I, I would say I might take, you know, and this is, I guess, where it should land. I'd probably take Joe as my first pick, uh, given one of those two. Uh, he had a shorter career, but if we said, you know, there are 10 prime years for each player or whatever it is, um, I do think that uh, the, the ridiculousness of the size of the Yankees' ballpark it definitely hurt DiMaggio's overall power numbers without without question. I mean, there's, there's no way it, it couldn't have. So his numbers would be a little stronger. Um, and I would say, you know, I don't know where you sit on this, on this, Dan, but to me, both of these guys are sort of competing for the fifth outfielder spot. I have sort of Ruth, Mays, Aaron, and Cobb as my top four uh, of all time. And, and then... You know these guys, and maybe Mantle, maybe Musil would would argue for for a spot on the roster. Yeah, that's fun getting into that outfield thing because <laughs> uh, you know, and obviously, you know, Bonds and Frank Robinson. I would you know, you've got you can yep. get quite a crowd of ten guys you put together there, but uh, and Musil does not get the props he deserves. But yeah, it's um it's 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 a lot of fun to assemble the outfield and to to hold yourself I tend to, to three forget about as possible. Man. 
Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I understand that. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that, but the numbers are just just preposterous. Yeah. Yeah. We all yep. we all know some of that's not on the level, but boy oh boy. So yeah, that's a that's a fun exercise. I like that. Well, you know, this whole thing with greatest of all time. Everybody talks about the goat. We've heard that with Brady and football and so forth. But you know, just looking at DiMaggio and Williams, there's still another case too of. Who's around you? I mean, DiMaggio was in a better place to win, let's face it. And then there's the size of the ballparks, different things. They both would be great if they flipped the loca- locations, but it's not necessarily that if uh, DiMaggio goes to Boston, they suddenly win all those years. Don't you agree? I, I think that, if yeah, I don't think Joe coming to Boston would have changed that much in terms of the winning. I, I just don't. I mean, you know, it's a nice, another great player, you know, one of the greatest, but uh, you can't overcome, I mean, they had Ted Williams and they didn't win. I don't think that changes a lot if they switch him. I don't. I don't know how you know he, a player's not going to make a difference of twenty games in the standing or something. Or are there were there certain years that it might have made an impact? Maybe. And look, it's not to say that Ted Williams was, was not a uh, hugely, hugely, hugely advantageous to have him in your lineup. He, he did. You know, he walked a lot. He did certain things that were a little more individual uh, than maybe Joe did, who was very happy to swing outside the zone to try to drive in a run, things like that. I do think that probably, uh, and again, it's like the Yankee teams, the early Yankee teams that that Joe was on, they weren't loaded. Uh, When you go back and look at them, I mean, it was, you know, it was post-Garrick. They didn't, they were a very strong team, but it wasn't like they had, you know, they were riddled with Hall of Famers or anything like that. Uh, there's no there's no arguing that Joe listed the performance of the team. But I do think that it would have been similar. Uh, there may have been, maybe the Red Sox do get to two World Series instead of uh, one. Maybe they do win a couple. Maybe, maybe the Yankees, without Joe, don't get to 10 in his career. They get to eight or something. I don't know. But overall, I, I don't think you can say it makes no difference, but it's not going to carry an entire team obviously you can hear more on sports rock and tours which immediately follows us on most of these stations or wherever you listen to podcasts just search for sports racx and please follow both vegas never sleeps and sports rock and tours on all social media platforms including twitter facebook and instagram have your collectibles taken over your house Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home, and I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180.
when you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas, but by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience, so you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. Have you been Portnoyed yet? Well, you should be. What does that actually mean, Neil Portnoy? Well, you know, Mona Van something. She's a psychic. Her name just slips me at the moment. At one of my networking events said, you know, you're nobody in Vegas until you've been Portnoyed. I went, ooh, I kind of like that. So we started marketing, doing those portrait caricatures, and it's really caught on. Everybody wants to be Portnoyed. And what Portnoyed means is you send me a photograph, and I do a realistic cartoon caricature. Realistic looks just like you. And then I cartoon the body. And you then become part of the Portnoyed Wall of Honor here at Portnoy Gallery, which now, since its inception in 2017 has got over 60 members on the wall. It's the new Sardis of Las Vegas. Absolutely. Our own John, the announcer, is there. How do we get information we want to get Portnoy? Uh, you can call the gallery at 702-685-2929 or on social media, Facebook, Portnoy Gallery, artist Neil Portnoy, Neil Portnoy, idroppeople.com, and probably about six other places that, at my age, memory is the second thing that goes. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Las Vegas, here we go! Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.